me and my wife were sitting down. We we're talking about Jennifer Lopez and fucking Ben Affleck for whatever reason. And I'm like, why do you even care? And she explains why, you know, she's been a fan of J-Lo and she's always wanted to see her happy. I'm like, but she doesn't know you. She she, she could care two shits about you and your feelings. Like, why do you care? And then I'm thought, thinking even more, like, why do you know? Like, why is it so important that these people's movements and fucking life changes? How does that, how is that news? And I thought huh. more like it's social media. Like, uh, if you didn't care to look at it, it wouldn't be there. Sure, sure. And it's you know what you've got. What you've got brewing here is the nice start of a conversation that need not focus wholly on social media. And I'll tie it in uh, your talk with Sylvia with an experience I had within this last week. Mm-hmm. I was I was on my own social media, the no agenda social service. And I just, I had this passing thought that, Hey, I'm going to put out there. Uh, I hope Ron Paul is having a great day because he deserves it. Now I wasn't seeing things presented to me that, that made me think of the guy, but he, you mentioned Sylvia has been a fan of JLo's for a long time. And that's, you know, the work that she's done is meaningful to your wife. And that's why your wife wants happiness for JLo. Uh, is that right? Right. And that's in passing. All I had was this, this well-meaning thought for this guy who's in his 80s, whose writings and other things I've valued uh, all in my life. My, hell, my kids um, get a great part of their education through the Ron Paul curriculum. Oh, okay. So I don't sit and track the guy's life, and I don't try to interact with him, but he's just a person whom I've never met directly, never had any interaction with personally directly. Uh, but he's out there, and every now and then, I hope he's having a great time because he deserves it. Right? Maybe that's uh, that's just me wondering why certain things are so important to some people without really absorbing the whole reason why it's important. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my whole life that my wife has to put up with. <laughs> Man. Me wondering why other people find some shit important when it's not part of my, you know, value system. Every day, every day. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm screaming. Constantly, I, I I sit around and look at people's things that they worry about, and then I'm like, why do you worry about that? If that's nothing, like you you. And then I'm like, wait a minute, am I comparing their worries to my worries? Does that does does my worries outweigh theirs? Like no, and you're man. worrying about their worrying. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just a bunch of fucking, just a violent circle of worry that we can't fucking that I can't get out get out of. Really, you know, I got I have therapy. You know what? We won't even start the show. We'll just call that the the start of it because I've been recording. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, so I I do therapy, and um. I have identified that I might be a little OCD and trying to figure out how it manifests its ways in me. And that's, I worry about shit and it causes anxiety in me so heavy that it literally probably drives me crazy or is driving me crazy. My anxiety that I create in my own head, which makes me get to why I look at other people's issues and I'm like, that's nothing compared to what I have going on. 
That's fucking selfish, right? Well, I can identify and under, with and understand a lot of what you're telling me because I, too, have gone through readjustment counseling at the, the vet center that's just for combat veterans. You and I are both combat veterans, and as such, I think you and I share a lot of the same anxiety-related um, issues in our life. And I don't, I don't think it's necessarily selfish what you were saying there, um, but I do not generally see the point in in doing that because people's um people's value systems and and what what they like um it's all unique to the individual person and, and you can't really compare in a useful fashion uh, other people's uh, sets of values with yours now we can come up with like rules of social conduct and other things i'm not saying that people can't agree on stuff or share similar ideas but um but you can't just like measure the utility or or value that somebody finds in a thing and then compare it to something that you value in, in with like a number scale or anything. But I don't I don't think it's selfish what you're doing. You're just looking at the world. Yeah. I I'm glad that I'm able to readjust my focus and look around myself or outside of myself and my bullshit. You you pointed out something really important there when you were talking about the anxiety that builds up within you and how you are the one creating it. Oh, yeah. I'm the person behind the wheel of this fucking bus, and I'm going as fast as possible into the w enormous wall in front of me that I cannot get through, and I'm just going to ram it. And I can stop it at any time, and I choose not to for whatever reason. That's how I feel anxiety is. It's like just you have the chance to not start that you you have the the means to i guess teach yourself not to be so anxious about some things and you'll be okay you know mm -hmm. I, i'm really trying to learn that right now like it, it's it's hard for me man the the thought of not worrying is fucking crazy to me like i I can't not worry. Sure. If, if what you've known is just a constant stream of worry upon worry for the longest time, then that's, that's what your normal existence is. And mm. yeah, it can, it can be challenging to contemplate something different, man. Uh, are I, you familiar with, with mindfulness and mindfulness techniques? No. Well, it sounds familiar. It sounds like something I should have done before, but no. Well, when I'm when I'm hearing you describe this um, this process of uh, anxiety that's building upon itself um, as a result of one worry stacking upon another worry, all of that stuff is is in your mind. It's all up in your brain. It's all up in your head, and you you do um, have the ability to learn you know, tools to uh, to live with that and to put it aside. Mindfulness at its root, my understanding is to well, ground yourself in the physical world, the here and now, by being mindful of your surroundings. You, know, you touch the grass around you. You smell the air. You, you, you shift your focus away from that internal dialogue that's got you you're running like a madman or, or you know, speeding in the bus toward the wall. And, and that mindfulness will, will ground you and allow your brain to start taking in uh, other other sensory input and then and then you can get out of that um that that panicky or anxiety uh, 
you know, strife. Yeah. You're, you're a thousand percent right, man. I just have to work on it. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's, yeah, and there's no quick um, fix, if you will, not to say that you're broken, but there's no, like, you can't snap your fingers and have the whole process learned. It's like any other skill uh, or thing in your life that's worthwhile. It, it takes time and it, and it takes persistence just working at it all the time, uh, little by little. Yeah. I've also learned about OCD and one of the uh, symptoms is you constantly have a beat in your head. And I kind of do not like, uh, like me, not music, but at any point I can start thinking of a, some sort of musical beat in my head and it'll stick in my head and in the background subconsciously just constantly going is that that's weird, right? Have <laughs> you ever had that? I, I don't think it's too weird. Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly what music you're listening to in your mind, but <laughs> it, it it's it's weird to explain. Like it's literally like just a like a like a bass. Like I'm I'm sitting here playing the bass in the back of my head. Ran not random things, but things that make sense and not something I played before. It's always something different. Sure, but way way in the back, like in the fucking basement or cellar, depending on where you live, uh, is just there strumming away. And that's like constant. He's like, you know, that's also a sign of OCD. I'm like, really? Like, how many different signs are there? Like, if I blink twice in a in a rapid succession, is that a fucking sign? Like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, everything is OCD or, you know, fuck, give me a break. Well, I would, if you haven't talked to any musically inclined friends or family members uh i'd recommend that you know talk to them because those are people if you have any friends or family who are musically inclined to play instruments what have you you could ask them if they hear music in their the back of their mind yeah um i don't i don't know anything about the kind of counselor you you talk to or the place you go uh generally speaking me like i i don't trust a lot of these people and Again, I don't know, are you talking to, is it a counselor or like a psychiatrist or psychologist? Because they all do different things and they've all got different motives, so to speak. Um, counselor. Okay. So not someone who's going to give you pills. No, 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 no. No pills. No, that's a psychiatrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still working on uh, talking to one of those kind of dudes, but no, 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 no pill, pill people yet. But not to say anything's wrong with that. You do what you got to do to take care of yourself. Um, and I feel you on that too. Like I really wouldn't want to toss that into the plethora of pills I have to take now for, for certain things. Fucking, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, this is not medical advice for anyone listening, nor is it advice oh, yeah. even for you. But in my world, I know that my health improved when I stop taking all those things that I now consider poisons, mm. um, that's, but that's me. And that's, you know, I'm, I digress here. I've reduced a lot of what I have had to take. Now it's just for, uh, to help out with my kidneys. I have kidney disease. Okay. And, uh, 
Like, um, I really don't know how to fix it. I don't, I'm not overweight. If anyone's ever seen a picture of me, I'm not a heavy person. I'm not in bad shape either. I'm, I'm in a pretty okay, uh, condition, but I have high blood pressure, which is probably hereditary. And it freaking put my kidneys into overdrive. And now I have the kidneys of an old man, probably like scarring and shit. So I have to be careful what I eat and drink. So, but I have to take these fucking pills to help regulate all that stuff, and it it sucks. Like I don't I don't like it, but I'm I'm sure there's a some kind of natural something out there that can help me out. But you know, I do everything I'm supposed to do. I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, I don't drink. Really, I really don't drink at all. I might have a beer once every six months now. Um, wow. so like, I'm really trying to keep myself healthy so I can stick around for my boy at least until he's 17 and he's 14 now. So, you know, I got a few years and, uh, it's like fucking life's curveballs. I didn't, I didn't do anything to cause this fucking dumbass shit, but it is what it is. So you got to adjust it. But I do hate having to take those pills. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, my father, um, in the 1990s, middle 90s, he had complete kidney failure, mm. and then he, uh, and and that was attributed um, his kidney failure to ongoing long term high blood pressure. So, you you said you've got the high blood pressure, and it's it's working to you know work you know wreck your kidneys, and you've got old man kidneys now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I Remember when my dad, he had to uh, go three days. So he went to a, a dialysis clinic outside the house, I think, for a little bit. But I mostly remember once his kidneys failed, he was inside. And at night, he would hook himself up to a, a kidney dialysis machine. So, they'd, you know, he'd pump out his blood and, and remove the toxins. And then the blood would get, get pumped back in. Um, but his diet, too changed in in a very big way for him i i remember salt was something that he was told to to not salt Mm -hmm. most things so yeah it sucks taking all those pills and you want to do the right thing i can understand that um i i definitely don't want for you what my my dad went through with kidney failure because that is not fun no I fear it's in my future at some point, really kind of like unavoidable, but, you know, I try to do what I have to do now to make sure that it's not all fucked up later, like really bad. Like as bad as it sounds, um, by the time you guys hear this, this has already been out for a minute. Uh, Tina Turner passed away. My dad was a huge fan of hers, but one of the uh, issues from her passing uh, i'm sorry one of the conditions or causes of her passing was uh kidney issues like the exact same kind of idea what i'm thinking except she didn't use medicine back then she's like i had high blood pressure i didn't take the medication for years and years like back in the 70s and now all of a sudden like in the mid 2000s she had kidney failure had to get a new kidney had a stroke like all that shit is from high blood pressure and and kidney shit like man it sucks but she made it to 87 so you know she's okay 
probably could have been a little bit longer because you know she was back flipping off tables back in the day. She was fucking Tina Turner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. I and, love and Tina she's, Turner. Yeah, a lot of people love uh, Tina Turner. Here's a here's a fun fact I just made up. Do you know what uh, Tina Turner's uh, given name was when she was born? Uh, I know this. Um, Anna May. Uh, Anna? Tina Spatula. Shut up. <laughs> I'm I'm glad she got to live uh, as long as she did and perhaps had she done something differently she might still be alive Uh, but I'm I'm glad she got to live a nice long long life yeah yeah but still I think our worry with the whole kidney thing like uh, like you said it's an ugly ugly situation to deal with yeah from my point of view uh modern medicine is focused on and very good at fixing things that are broken and so you know you break a bone modern medicine helps you you know fix that bone you your kidneys are you know they failed well they'll help you with hook you up to machines that they've made and you know, give you pills to to care get you you know through the next bout of things and then later they'll give you more pills to fix the things that were broken by the first round of pills mm-hmm. and that goes on and on until you die but what modern medicine uh is not very good at at all is helping people understand how their body works what it needs naturally based upon its millions of years of development and then helping people find those resources and so if i think if you if you can recognize what you need, you know, as a human being, what your you know what your mammalian being needs in terms of rest and sustenance and housing and 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 social uh, needs, well, then I think you're much better off than just waiting for things to break and then going to look for help. Yeah, you're right. Keep an eye on it. And make sure that. Uh... Self maintenance. There you go. Yeah. Make sure yeah. everything's properly oiled. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gotta lube it up. Yeah. Because without the lube, friction burns. Yeah. Who wants to burn it down? You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Man, so I didn't even have a topic at all for this show, and look of where we are. We've stumbled into my insanity. <laughs> well, it's. I, I'm sure it feels like insanity while you're we're living all that. Um, the one one thing I learned and took away from my talk with uh, with Mr. Terry Starr at the local vet center, uh, he and I talked regularly for almost nine years, I'd say, before he he retired, and and he saw combat veterans from World War II to Afghanistan and all points in between, you know, people, and and he, you know, so he had vets come in who were in their middle, late eighties. And these guys were still little, they were still worried about hurting somebody. And these, these little frail old men couldn't hurt a fly on the wall, you know? Mm -hmm. So the one thing that's really kind of constant, apart from, you know, the sadness that comes with, the, what we've all gone through and experienced that there's this 
there's a loss of control, you know, in, in combat, in, in the army, in the things that we've done, there were plenty of times where we, you and I were not in control of the state of affairs around us. Yeah. And then we were just left to, you know, you know, figure it out, survive, deal with it, and then live with it after the fact. So combat vets are often looking to con- control things. And if they can't, or if there's some concern about it, well, then there's then worry will enter into the situation. You know, will I be able to do this? Can I do that? What, what will this be like if I go there? And, and so on and so forth. Just so I... You know, if you if it comes back that you're talking to your counselors and you come back with a diagnosis of you know obsessive compulsive disorder, well, and I, if and, it, and if it's right for you, if it's the right diagnosis, then I hope you get everything you need for it. But I just want to let you know that worry, constant worry and anxiety that way, and and trying to find control, these are things that are really common across all combat veterans, dude. So I'm normal. <laughs> Thank goodness, huh? Now, isn't that a frightening thought? Right. What is normal? What is, you know, it's heavy. And shout out to you, the person you spoke to for nine years. That that job, man. Uh, dealing with a whole bunch of us and our craziness. Like, uh, you can kind of open up to that person in a way that you really wouldn't open up to other people. So if you imagine like years and years of that, you, that's a lot of shit to deal with. Like just on the on the outside and just absorbing everyone else's stuff. That's he- that's fucking that's heavy duty. I don't think I could ever do that. You know? Yeah, it. I hear what you're saying, and it's absolutely the kind of uh, job that a person takes on, and you've got to learn to uh, to separate y- your work from what happens after work. Because if you're talking to the you know these same guys you know all through the day, you know with the same kind of similar stories that always involve hardship and sadness and pain and suffering and and you're trying to rebuild you know, broken stuff, um, yeah, you can't take that home with you. <laughs> it takes a special person to be able to do that job. I agree with you. Yeah, I w- I could never. So hats off to those those dudes, dudes and dudettes, as they say back in the Fonzie days. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> I am, uh, it this weekend, this is Memorial Day weekend for everyone listening. Uh, hopefully you understand the reason for Memorial Day. Uh, it's not just for, you know, barbecuing and all that kind of shit. It's for a particular reason. It's It's for the soldiers who, you know, served. Not the guys who are in now. That's Veterans Day. It's very important that you separate the two. Because I, I, I think it, it's kind of a misconception that they're both uh, a cheerful deal, right? Do you? I, I don't think you guys probably come across that because y'all are squared away when it comes down to that uh, in Wisconsin, right? Yeah, for the most part, it's people are keen to remember that Memorial Day is about remembering uh, those who are past. And then Veterans Day is, well, yeah, Veterans Day is for everybody else. I still, I like to call Veterans Day by its proper name, Armistice Day. I 
Mm-hmm. It's just something that sticks in my craw. I think it's more valuable as Armistice Day than Veterans Day. I am unfamiliar. What's what is the well, difference? I mean, I'm sure there is. What's the difference? Well, the holiday, for? yeah, November 11th is uh, annually when people celebrate Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. But the holiday falls on November 11th because there was an armistice that ended the First World War, and the armistice took place at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. So then, after, and that was in 1918 when the, that Great War ended at 11 o'clock on November 11th. And every year thereafter, that was celebrated as Armistice Day here in the United States, Canada, you know, England, lots of places. And then it wasn't until, I'm not going to get these dates right here, but it wasn't until sometime later, call it in the 70s or something, that that Armistice Day got to be rebranded as Veterans Day. And I'll tell you off the cuff, I'm making the connection that it was rebranded most likely to to make up for the horrible black eye that the Vietnam War was giving the United States. Mm-hmm. So Veterans Day is is that we ever everyone knows it now, has its origins with Armistice Day, the end of the First World War. Boom. Now you know. Now I know no, because I didn't I knew little about that. Very little. We, the things you're saying sound familiar. I'm like, oh man, that's the eleventh day, the eleventh hour, and all that kind of stuff. Pretty symbolic shit, right? Yeah, pretty big deal, man. Pretty big deal. Um, and today's Saturday, Memorial Day is on on Monday. You know, two days hence. What are what are you going to be doing on on Monday? Normally, I take the kids to the L.A. Uh, veteran. Um, cemetery i forget the exact name of it but it's an enormous cemetery that we go to and um walk around look at them read them like if you see one that looks interesting we'll look it up because you know technology now we have a computer in our pocket we can see who this person was and you know get some information there's medal of honor awardees there there's all kind of cool people there so uh I like to go and walk, and I take the boys with me. I think that is fantastic. That that there is what the day is about. Right. It gets heavy. Like it's an enormous cemetery too. So, and it's right in the middle of Los Angeles. If if you don't, if you're not from Los Angeles and you're listening, right in the uh, area of, I guess UCLA, the college is is in that area. Also, that it's separated by the 405 freeway so like right along the western edge of this enormous cemetery is the 405 freeway and then everything else is just city like in big ass buildings it's it's a beautiful cemetery don't get me wrong but it's just uh it's it's you wouldn't expect it to be there and every time i drive by there's no one really in there so a few years ago i'm like that's something that we should probably do to recognize uh, the reason for the day and not just have beers and have hot dogs and shit like that. All right on. Yeah. You got any plans? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife and kids and I were going to uh, Heritage Hill State Park. It's a living history park nearby and they've got some um 
historical buildings that used to be part of uh, Fort Howard. Uh, Fort Howard was located here at the mouth of the Fox River um, up until 160 years ago, 170 years ago. But there on Memorial Day, they have a little ceremony uh, at the uh, the tomb of the unknown soldier. They have a a little a tomb there uh, that has the remains of a soldier who had been stationed at Fort Howard. His remains were unearthed, you know, I don't know, sometime maybe a hundred years ago or so. And uh, yeah, we're going to go and and listen to someone say a couple words about what the day means, and then we'll we'll listen to. They've got a new uh, drum and fife corps that they're starting up with some. Uh, young people, and those they'll play some music, I bet, and uh, and then afterward the park is is open for people to go walk through, and that's what we're going to go do. Sweet, sounds like a, a good day. Yeah, I think so, and I think the weather is going to be mighty nice too. Yeah, hopefully it it holds up here. It's been nice here. It's it's starting to warm up. It 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 acts like it wants to warm up, but all of a sudden it'll rain randomly. So. Hopefully by Monday it'll be better. So, you got anything else for this show? I mean, I, I know it, it, it just kind of bounced off the walls in all kind of different directions, but no, I think I think we we did a nice job talking about Memorial Day, and that's you know it's it's pertinent. It's what's happening now. It's topical. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else though, man. I'm, I'm tired. I got back in recently from being outside all day working, you know, out of doors and, you know, I just need to go lay down. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> oh, I wanted to tell you and the show is over or whatever. Um, I'll cut this out. The, I don't know if you have been listening to this show, but an advertisement pops up. Uh, that's not me. That's the, the actual anchor website itself. I've been trying to get that off. I know we both spoke about having advertisements on the show and it's a, that we're not going there, but that's it's an automatic thing. So I got to figure out a way to like take that off because it's really not cool. If you really don't want advertisements on certain shows, it shouldn't be there. Yeah, right. Well, I appreciate you, you bringing that up and looking into it. Um, the last show I listened to didn't have any sort of ad to it. Um, so that was good. Yeah, me and Kevin had to create an ad for Anchor. And we get like some extremely small amount. And that's another thing I have a rant about. I can go on for a minute. People who work in the streaming industry, like artists who singers or whatever, and and you get paid by the play. It sucks. It's shit. It's terrible. Like, man, back in the day when you used to get a, a few dollars from a CD compared to you know, you have a million or even a billion plays in some cases, but you didn't make any money from it because of the amount of money you get from streams is shit. Like, for us to get paid an okay amount, and an okay amount is enough for maybe some food from Carl's Jr. <laughs> uh, you need a, a thousand plays, which is... Not a big deal, really. All you're doing is making this recording one time and then hopefully people listen to it. But a thousand plays to make 15 bucks. That's terrible. For people in that industry when, you know, you don't even need to necessarily release the music 
it could just be out there streaming and you're like, fuck, I'm not getting paid for this. Now it's just out there. Like, what the fuck? The internet is terrible. <laughs> well, well, I certainly wouldn't want to be uh, working within an industry where I'm constrained um, by all those things that you're mentioning, like, you know, having to have so many numbers of play and, and I don't like advertisers generally. Um, not that there's anything wrong inherently with advertising. I understand the social service it provides and blah, 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 yada, yada. But I don't like the idea of being beholden to an advertiser because if they're paying the bills, invariably, uh, you have to watch your tongue. Yeah. You, you, you can't say anything bad about the advertiser. So I don't like advertising based models for the things in my world. Um, and that's why with the other podcasts that I do listen to, I really enjoy value for value um, systems where uh, podcast producers will create content and they put it out without paywalls or obstacles. And so in that sense, it's put out there for free. And then when other people find this product and receive some sort of value or usefulness from it, uh, then they can respond and directly to the producer through donations of some people use Bitcoin, other people use, you know, PayPal, other people have PO boxes, those, those sorts of value for value model systems, I've, I've found allow content um, creators, so if you will, to make things that people really want, and then they're not worried about trying to fit themselves in, in between the lines, the left and right limits of some advertisers, uh, you know, um, messaging, you know, whatever, you know, I think I made my point clear enough. No, no. Yeah. You're good. I, I wish, uh, I wish we can fix that, but I'm going to write anchor and an email and see if we can't figure that out, which they're probably going to just say, go fucking piss up rope. But what, what are you? Gonna <laughs> well, do? then you can always say anchors away. Yeah. And, yeah. And we can go just... to a different platform. Right. Another headache to deal with. But hey, man, um, this show was all right. And I'm sitting here watching this timer on the free Zoom thing. Um, maybe I won't cut all this out. No, it's good stuff. You, and that's to where um, when in, a lot of times people want more functionality from whatever their free services that they're provided. But you know, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth if you're familiar with the, the turn of phrase. Yeah, um, you, you, it's it pays to be thankful for what you've got and, and not, you know, piss and moan about what you'd rather have. Yeah, I, I need to learn that. It's tough. <laughs> I'm still working it out. So good yeah. luck. <laughs> right. All right, man, I'm gonna let you go. Go get some sleep or rest. And uh, this should be out on Thursday. Yes. Well, right on. Thanks again, Tyree. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I look forward to the next time we get to do this. Oh yeah, man. We got. I got to schedule them better. I'm. I'm really, really trying to. Man, I, we got to talk offline, away from these recordings and microphones, man. I've really been doing better with my finances, thanks to the book. I think we'll we'll talk about it later. Right on. Well, that's great. We'll talk about it later. All right. Go get some some rest. Thanks, man. All right. Later, buddy. Later.